This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. I'll be talking with Dan Stein a little later on in the program about what's actually happening at the border. It's very interesting to see some of the congressional testimony that took place this week. But um, I really was thinking a lot over the last, uh, well, let's say 24 hours. First and foremost, I explained to everybody yesterday that I have this ridiculous work ethic and I am actually quite sick right now. Um, Obviously, you can hear it with my nasal voice. But last night, I had a speaking engagement, and there was no way I was not going to do it. I've Just a couple of times in the last two years, I've been unable to make a speaking engagement. I'm old. Sometimes I'm sick. Sometimes I'm old. Sometimes I'm tired. And um, sometimes I book too many things on the same day. There's all kinds of reasons. But uh, I wouldn't do that to Irma at the Jewish Republican Club out there in Coral Springs. So... I dre- I got myself dressed. I think I even looked like decent, you know. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want a headshot of me to go up on the internet the way I looked yesterday. But I went up there and thank God, you know, everybody was so kind and first and foremost they were just so grateful that I came, you know, because it was pretty obvious that I didn't look or feel very well and I actually had to um I had to, you know, frequently take sips of water and all this other stuff, and and it hasn't gotten any better. So this morning I had a an appointment for my teeth, right? And I'm thinking, well, I can't go to you know a dentist's office and open my mouth because I'll I'll make the dentist sick, you know. I, I that's that's not appropriate, but I haven't canceled 24 hours in advance. So what am I going to do? So I said, well, I'll just go there, and I'll give him the opportunity or give the office a chance to tell me what they think I should do. Now, they're all masked. They're masked because they're medical professionals, right? So he says, oh, you know, he says, you don't have a fever. You're not, uh, probably not infectious. You're clear. I think it's allergies. I'm kind of convinced myself it's allergies because I don't, you know, nothing, I don't feel sick. I don't have a headache. I don't have um, a temperature. Um... I just have a little bit of a cough, but you guys have been listening to me cough for weeks, you know, so it's not, actually, it's less bad than it was. So I don't know. I think it's allergies. The mangoes are blooming. The malaluca are blooming. But that doesn't mean I don't feel like absolute dog poop, because I do. Um, but, you know, it's Friday, and I'm just grateful that I'll I'll do this program, and when I'm done, um, tonight's soup, soup night at the... Uh, at the Delaney Kaufman household. We'll be doing soups. He'll have a a nice, rich kind of New England clam chowder, and I'll have chicken noodle soup. I mean, what else can you do? It's uh, Jewish penicillin, right? 
whether it's allergies or sick, I figure it's the best uh, answer for me tonight. Plus, I just really don't have an appetite, which is, um, you know, when you're a person who, who battles weight as much as most women over the age of 60 have to battle weight, you know, a day when you don't have your appetite is almost like a reason to celebrate. Okay, not really, but uh, I don't want to eat that much anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just, life happens in real time. And because I do a radio show every weekday, my life is on display for you. And I decided a long time ago that the, the hosts that I've always enjoyed the most really shared a lot with the audience about what was going on in their lives, the good things and the bad things, the, the sickness and the health, you know, the marriage, the divorce. They, you know, you pretty much don't have a choice. And so, you know, I tell you all this because I have made a decision. I think one of the things that has become clear to me is that I am definitely aging well, but aging. And I cannot continue the pace that I have been keeping for the last, you know, 40 years. I just can't. Um, it wears me out. It makes my immune system weak. Um, and it's all for good things. It's not like I have to go, you know, dig trenches. You know, sometimes I have wonderful speaking engagements. Who, you know, I want to complain about that. But I just, I just need more rest. And I'm going to, I'm probably planning to take a year off from any speaking engagements, which doesn't mean if I have something scheduled that I'm going to not be there. I'll be there for everything that is currently scheduled, but I'm not booking any more events until four months out of the election. That gives me something to build up to, right? At, at that point, the election is November 2024. So let's say in July and August of 2024, I will resume a speaking um, schedule, all right, with very rare exceptions. And it's not because I don't really love to be out there among people who are listeners and people who think like I think and people who feel like I feel. I do. I, I relish it. But I just have to make some better choices about, you know, how, how much endurance I'm supposed to have. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. 
That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. You know, it's funny. All the consultants will tell you, don't tell people that you're tired. Don't tell people that you're sick. Don't tell people how old you are. Well, if you've been with me for over 30 years on the radio, like you kind of have a good idea of, of all of that. You know, if I, if I remember celebrating my 40th birthday on the air with a big, big party. And uh, that was a long time ago. That was 29 years ago, okay? So like if you, if you just know how to count, I can't really fudge the age thing, nor, nor am I inclined to. You know, I had a mother who always undervalued her age. When I was growing up, she would tell me ridiculous things like she was 22 and I would think, well, wait, my brother is like 18 and I'm nine. How could she be 22? That doesn't make any sense. But you know, my mother was very convincing. And then as she got older, she became like Jack Benny and she was eternally 39. Never budged off of 39. My mother was uh, stricken with Alzheimer's in her 70, late, late 70s, early 80s. And she was still 39, and boy, did she stick to that. She also still wore a size six, even though she was uh, 20. Um, and so when I would bring her clothes, because I would buy clothes for her whenever her girth would increase, and I'd bring them into the house, and you go, who did you buy this for? I'm a size six. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. Um, I, denial is not just a river in, uh, you know, in, in Africa or... Asia or wherever the Nile is, so I'm, I'm, my head is like cloudy. But I, I'm actually, I relish every single birthday. I don't hide from my birthdays or my age because I never thought that I would live this long. I really didn't. You know, I came of a generation that said things like, you know, don't trust anyone over 30 and uh, there's no point in living after 50. I mean, those were things that we like said. And now you know, 60 is the new 40. And I'm hoping 70 is the new 50, because if that holds out, you know, I still got some life left in me, but not if I keep at the pace I'm going. Not if I keep pretending that I can do everything I did 35 years ago. I, I just can't, you know, and, and, and I, I, I'm not going to be sad about it. I don't want you to be sad about it. I just want you to understand that I'm doing the very best I can. And, 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 you know, and I love when older people say to me, like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to be at that meeting. And I go, yeah, but that's the only thing you're doing. You know, the rest of the day you're at the pool or maybe you're at Publix. But, you know, my days are filled. I get up at 5.15 in the morning and I'm literally on until 11.30 at night every single day, Monday through Monday. I mean, I, I am... You know, my husband and I had opened this church almost five and a half years ago. That's a full-time job. And it's, it's, just, um, it's just me coming to terms with things. And I share it with you because, like I said, you're my family. You're the people that know me best. I, my kids don't know me as well as my listeners do. I'm convinced of that, you know, because they're not as interested, you know. 
um, we don't have as many things in common. So I'm just sharing that with you. Now, I have shared things like that before and then just violated my own decisions. So, you know, that's my plan today, but who knows? You know, when the plan changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I appreciate those of you that understand. All right, I'm going to take a break now because I have Dan Stein coming on from the Federation of American Immigration Reform, and I really want to talk about what's going on at the border and what happened in the testimony in Congress this week. So I'm going to break a little early. Don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app. Don't forget to visit the website, 850WFTL.com. That way you could win a $50 DoorDash gift card so you can get saucy with delicious fried chicken tenders from Tender Shack. And you can enter right now on the app or at the website, 850WFTL.com. I'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. One of my favorite guests is Dan Stein. He's, of course, the president of the Federation of American Immigration Reform and just a very well-respected immigration policy expert, although I don't think the left respects any of us, Dan, anymore. They won't even go down to the border for these hearings. I mean, how outrageous is that? Uh, well, politically, I think they know it's one of those areas where the Biden administration is extraordinarily weak. But as you see... Biden people are prisoners of a kind of a radical, ultra left wing bunch of ideologues who've taken control of the administration. Biden is kind of their, what do you want to call it, storefront token, Wilkes-Barre <laughs> uh, uh, lunchbox Joe. Yeah. But the policies have been uh, implemented. Well, they're, what they're trying to do right now is hide the border crossing situation by illegally paroling and flying them in. And unfortunately, you know, we did a cost study last week. It showed the skyrocketing cost of illegal immigration. And when you parole in an alien, Joyce, actually it winds up even costing more because they're eligible immediately for all sorts of benefits that just garden variety illegal immigrants are not. Mm. So he's actually accelerating the cost while he tries to hide the flow. And that's really pernicious. Well, it is. And, and I think the most outrageous part of this is that the very same media that glories in covering any kind of story that might make, um, you know, that certainly made Donald Trump look bad or might make the Republican Party look bad is so oblivious to the fact that you can't hide this immigration crisis from the people any longer. It's come home to every single state. It's not a problem in Texas and Arizona and Florida alone anymore. Well, yeah, and the arrogance and, and contempt for the average American that we see from CPP Secretary Mayorkas, mm. who is uh, just really completely, uh, well, he intentionally pursuing an agenda that I guess he believes is in the long-term benefit of the Democrat Party, but at the expense of even the big city mayors who are Democrats, who are overwhelmed and costs that are, that are basically being felt in our schools. You know, the schools already aren't doing any kind of job. They're too busy right. checking the gender of the students and got to convince them to change to actually teach them something to make them competitive in a post-industrial information society. And then you bring in all the foreign students who these young people who don't have any education or literate any language. Uh, then they turn around these same businesses, you know, within the, even the Republican Party who say, oh, we need this foreign labor. Well, with millions of aliens pouring across the border, why do they still need claim there's a labor shortage? And the answer is there's now a mismatch between you know, how we're educating Americans, the kind of immigrants coming in, the quality, quality of their education that are of the immigrants coming in, right? And what they claim they need for tech jobs and things like that. Meantime, they're laying off, by the way, H-1B workers in the tech industry. Really? While at the same time, their lobbyists push Congress 
for more H-1B workers and a big amnesty program. So, I mean, this whole debate has turned into a complete mosaic of nonsense. And it's like, I think uh, somebody once said about jazz, <clears throat> these were rock musicians, you know, it's, the debate starts anywhere and it goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, It's like we're exactly. talking in circles and it's a kind of a firing squad at this point, circular firing squad. Yeah. Well, but then you even hear these big city mayors. I'll think of Eric Adams in New York, my hometown, my birthplace. And, you know, here's a guy who admits that he's overwhelmed by illegal immigrants. And now he's going to, you know, make sure they don't get into student debt and give them free college. Like, help me help me understand why my kids had to pay to go to college. But if I cross the border in the middle of the night with them in my womb or even after they're born, they would be eligible for all kinds of freebies. You know, there's this crass vote buying that we see an awful lot now. The Democrats don't believe there's any real legitimate reason to control spending, cut spending, limit spending. They think we can print money and that's all there is to it. They figure as long as we have reserve currency and you know, people are gullible to accept the dollar, regardless of its declining value, they'll keep printing it. And so until you know, such time as they recognize that this is not a, a sustainable scenario, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and get back to the uh, idea that there has to be a conservation of resources and financial restraint. They're going to keep trying to use um, vote buying, you know, through freebies to uh, try to consolidate political power. And it, there's enormous resentment. I mean, you see the polarization throughout society about what's happening. But um, you know, there's a book out by a guy named Steve Phillips called How to Win the Civil War. And it basically says, look, we need a mass amnesty to re-engineer the electorate. To create well, one-party political control, and and so therefore, there's no reason to even think about stopping people pouring across the border. And apparently, that's what this administration has accepted. Yeah, that's the Democratic Party platform these days. So you're right. Um, did you watch this testimony in Congress? I'm sure you did, because I was riveted when Raul Ortiz got up and said, "No, we do not have control of the border." In direct, uh, you know, contradiction of Mayorkas. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he uh, had the courage to come out there and say it and call it straight. They, Mark Green did a great job running that hearing. They went down there. And, of course, as you pointed out, Democrats wouldn't even participate when you have your chief of your Border Patrol saying we don't have operational control and that, therefore, this administration is lying repeatedly, repeatedly to the American people. At what point do you say, well, my orchestra is impeachable. This is incompetence or deliberate, one of the two, and he needs to answer for it. But I haven't seen any statement from Mayorkas. Apparently, he was out there having dinner with Jen Psaki celebrating her new show on MSNBC that we're all going to make sure we don't watch. Because uh, that's more important than superintending the affairs of... uh, I mean, eventually, there's going to be some incident that happens politically Mm -hmm. that's going to be so damaging, some kind of terrorist incident or something of people who have been uh, let in because of Biden. And, And politically, he's extremely vulnerable at this point. But... You know, the problem with impeaching Mayorkas is, assuming you could even get the Senate to convict him and remove him, is that Biden would probably pick somebody worse. So, you know, what are you going to do in a society where people like John Fetterman get into the Senate choice? It's a, you, yeah. know, you, you say, well, the solution must be the ballot box. But is this guy who can't even understand a colleague who's now in the, the world's greatest deliberative body can't uh, actually carry on a public debate? <laughs> I don't know what to say about the voters, right? Well, uh, you know, my my attitude is uh, the the perfect ticket for the Democrats next uh, election would be Biden Fetterman. It's a no brainer. (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe Fetterman Warren or something like that. But it'll be interesting to see what, how the, you know, Ron DeSantis has just the Jim Zandi immigration platform, and he's just uh, really nailed all the full, full corner, all the corners of what needs to be done on immigration. Just really did a very fine speech a few months ago on it. And I mean, you can just wait to see the, they're already training their guns on him, you know, to right. try to soil him yeah. up, even Kamala Harris going after him. And, you know, he's such a beloved governor in Florida. You have to wonder why he would even want to take on running for president. Because yeah, the media I, is so biased. I'm encouraging not to do it, but that's a whole other show. Uh, whoever <laughs> runs has to have the guts to fight back. And I've known Ron since his pro- political career started. And he's a brilliant guy. Uh, he'll make a great president one day. But he could never withstand what's about to happen in the next election. I mean, the, these people are, are ruthless. Um, they have literally overturned our election system. Now you've got foreign nationals voting in the Capitol. Uh, I mean, right. somebody tell me wh- why the U.S. Senate allowed that. Not just foreign nationals, Joyce. But actually, diplomats who are or foreign or diplomatic personnel associated with people who might be from belligerent states, <laughs> you know, like 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 Libya or or what have you, could be mm-hmm. voting in D.C. elections. It's not just illegal aliens. It's people who might actually be here in a hostile capacity. Maybe people who are spying for the Chinese Communist Party. They they're all eligible to vote in D.C. I mean. This is so antithetical to the whole principle of citizenship and millions of thousands of years of history of what citizenship means in a democracy. And the Democrats have been trying to annihilate the distinctions all the time between citizens and aliens, non-citizens. By the way, non-citizens are citizens of another country. Right. These are people who actually can vote probably in another country at the same time. And they just anything for political power. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really doesn't matter whether the policy is good or bad. Does it advance my personal power and my ability to redistribute money and, and property? That's all it is. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, one of the greatest new features at the FAIR website this year has been the counter at the top of the page, which tells you oh, how many illegal border cross- crossings have taken place today. We're up to 2,616 illegal border crossings as I speak to you today at 1227. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's insane. It's insane to see this is not a fact it's, it's, it's that they don't have any response, that they don't have any plan. And there were, you know, in fact, uh, Ortiz said something interesting about, about the, the other day. He said, you know, he said they, really, they don't really use the term operational control anymore. Their strategy is called mission advantage, which is, he said, an entirely made up term that has absolutely no definition. So, um, you know, my orcas is almost Kafkaesque in the way he manipulates language. He kind of looks down at you, you know, with his nose mm-hmm. up in the air and kind of like, oh, you know, of course I have operational control. What are you talking about? All those people you see on camera running across the border, dying right. in the Rio Grande, smuggling in fentanyl, your children dying. Oh, nothing to do with me. Right. You know, I'm just here for apparently for have a good time. If the Republicans don't make, you know, some kind of constant vigilance about getting him out of there. I mean, this needs to be a major effort. And I think Mark Green and those guys are really determined to make this a huge political issue in 24. The question really is, is our political system, is our electoral system, is it legitimate anymore? I I can't answer that question. Yeah. We need more Chip Roy's, you know, we need more guys who are willing to ask hard questions and then continue asking follow-up questions as he did. 
the other day. And, uh, you know, I just, I feel as though, you know, I, I believe that most Americans understand that we're in a big mess right now. But I think they're paralyzed because the Republicans don't show up with anything. You know, they don't fix the stuff that they can fix. You know, it's great that they went down to the border. I applaud them. But if you can't get the media to cover it, if the only place it's seen is on, you know, uh, a couple of conservative websites or Rumble or, or maybe uh, on Fox News and maybe not, you know, then, then it's like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody here, did it, did it fall? You know, I, I just yeah, but people, so are, I mean, people are finding out about it through online and stuff. I mean, nobody's watching CNN anymore, Joyce. That's I mean, true. Nobody's watching MSNBC anymore. They're all watching They're watching TV. They're watching Fox. And they're getting information online. There's all sorts of websites that they can find out about. There are all sorts of new technologies. And it's emerging now that, you know, the people who are not watching the TV news are, and they're still listening to talk radio too, by the way. So, I mean, Thank God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just say, Oh, nobody saw it. I, I think it's more a matter of the fact that if the, the Democrats are able to turn out because of mail-in balloting and being able to go and coach people, right. Because of right. the way they've changed the election process to get low propensity and low information voters to participate at like a, a 99% turnout. Well, that pretty dramatically changes the nature of the electorate. But in, I mean, throughout all of American history, it's unbelievable to see that the Democrats didn't pay a bigger political price in 2022 for Biden's border catastrophe, because the appearance of this kind of thing has typically been politically devastating. Right. So the only reason I can come up with why the Republicans didn't do better has to do with the nature of voter turnout. And this is where the media seem acutely uninterested right. in being able to explain how Joe Biden produced 22 million more votes. Uh, than the prior election in 2016. And throughout most four-year periods between elections, you see maybe 4 million more voters. Sometimes you even see less, like between 92 and 96, Clinton's right. first and second terms. So, so, but this time we saw 22 million more voters turn out. Trump got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. And apparently, if you talk about it, you're a denier. Okay, right. well, you know what? People are tired of the border deniers. They're tired of the uh -huh. sort of reality of the fact that, you know, fraud is fraud. Voter fraud is voter fraud. And you, you have to have some legitimate explanation for these increases in turnout, other than the fact that you want to create like a voting period that goes on for six months and have people out there coaching people how to fill out ballots. Right. Well, listen, you know, they 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 really now that they have the House, they really have a chance to upturn some of these policies. And I, I just hope they do. I bring them to the table. But I, I've just, you know, I've lost a lot of faith in that party. Um, because when they had the guy in the White House who was willing to act on immigration, they wouldn't back him up. They wouldn't support him. And and this is the price that we're paying, uh, you know, the fentanyl deaths, all of it. And, and I, you know, as much as I... I think it's Dan Bongino who says, look, I can't guarantee that the Republicans will be any better for you, but we know who made this mess. It was the Democrats, and that just <laughs> seems to be the truth. Dan, thank you. Always a pleasure. Continue doing the great work. And sorry I sounded like Elmer Fudd, but it's like the, the mangoes are in bloom, so my allergies well, are I don't know. <clears throat> you sound like a symphony. You sound like uh, WC. You're the best. Thank you, Dan. Always appreciate your time. All Talk right. to you soon. That uh, that pretty much wraps that segment up. I'm going to take a break and try to maybe blow my nose so it's a little less uh, onerous to listen to. And I want to talk about an article I read today by Scott Lively about uh, how, well, it's very interesting because 
you know, I, I believe the last election was stolen. You know, I'm not backing down from that. I can't really um, seem to be able to come up with the proof of it, but I read a great article by Scott Lively I want to share with you. So stay right where you are. So the International Criminal Court in The Hague has issued arrest warrants for Vladimir Putin and Maria Alexeyevna Lvova Belova. I don't know, that's a lot of name. She is the Children's Rights Commissioner for the Unlawful Deportation of Ukrainian Children. The court's pretrial judges assessed there was reasonable grounds to believe that each suspect bears responsibility for the war crime of unlawful deportation of population and that of unlawful transfer of population from occupied areas of Ukraine to the Russian Federation in prejudice of Ukrainian children. The judges considered issuing secret warrants, but decided that making them public could contribute to the prevention of the further commission of crimes. Moscow has said it does not recognize the jurisdiction of the ICC. The decisions of the International Criminal Court have no meaning for our country, including from a legal point of view. The foreign ministry spokeswoman said, Russia is not a party to the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court and bears no obligations under it. You know, like I'm trying to picture, like who shows up at Putin's house, right, and says, hey, you're coming with me? Not likely, right? Anyway, let me share this article with you by Scott Lively. Um, he says, this, this past week, one of the last loose ends from the 2020 election coup was tied up by the conspirators, the neutralizing of Jenna Ellis, arguably the most effective of the Trump attorneys who sought justice for the American electorate in the courts. The media widely but falsely reported that she admitted to lying about the election in a deal she made with the State Bar of Colorado to keep her law license. What seems to the general public to be a slam dunk victory for the cleanest election in U.S. history choir was in fact the administrative equivalent of a plea bargain in which an innocent party facing certain defeat in court admits to a lesser charge and consequence to avoid a much harsher sentence. We've all seen how this works in Hollywood courtroom dramas, and Ellis is a real-life example. There was no way the leftist Colorado Bar Association and courts are going to let her get away with challenging the election results. Per a 2020 postgame wrap-up by KDVR in Denver, Tuesday night was a good night for Democrats across Colorado. Democrats now control the governor's office, the state house, the state senate. Higginlooper's win also gives Democrats control of both Colorado U.S. Senate seats in addition to their 4-3 to three advantage in the U.S. House. You get the picture. But an apparently fair-minded judge bucked the leftist mob to broker a compromise, censure, not disbarment, so she wouldn't lose her license to practice. In any case, what Ellis signed was in no way an admission that she lied, a point she vigorously argued on Twitter after the fact. The politically motivated left failed miserably in their attempt to destroy me. They're now falsely trying to discredit me by saying I admitted I lied. That is false. I would never lie. Lying requires intentionally making a false statement. I never did that, nor did I stipulate to or admit that. You can and should read the full statement. And it's online if you want to read it. So Scott Lively's an attorney, says, as a fellow attorney, allow me to paraphrase what I believe she meant to say but can't. 
To keep my license, I was forced by the politics of a Democrat kangaroo court to admit to misrepresentation of certain official conclusions of the government, which are now deemed to be facts, which doesn't mean they're actually true. That's the nuanced but principled lawyerly logic behind both her action and her post-plea bargain statement that preserved both her license and her personal integrity. Let me add, this is Scott Lively speaking, let me add my own unparsed perspective here on behalf of Ellis, whom I have never met nor communicated with, and every other Trump defender in America who is constrained by politics and the risk of severe punishment. Trump won the 2020 election by an overwhelming majority. We all know it, despite the relentless narrative spinning, witness intimidation, and criminal cover-ups by our corrupt government and media. To eject Trump from the White House, the American Uniparty and its globalist allies around the world orchestrated the largest and most extensive campaign of fraud in the history of the world, the Purple Revolution. Their multifaceted, multi-stage conspiracy included and integrated the Russian collusion hoax, two back-to-back baseless impeachments, the genocidal global COVID-19 pandemic with all of its subcomponents, including lockdowns, coerced immunizations with poison, the creation of massive new election fraud infrastructure, including neutralization of election election safeguards by corrupt courts and legislatures, universal mail-out balloting and harvesting, Zuckerbucks, and unmonitored leftist control ballot counting processes. You know, despite all of that, Scott Lively and I both uh, think that Trump won. And and a lot of the public thinks that too. They're just afraid to admit it out, you know, out loud. So, what Scott Lively makes the case for him, which I think is very interesting, is that America actually owes him four more years in the White House. And like any other robbery victim, he doesn't legally or morally have to win another election to claim his property. If our Supreme Court were not so politically controlled by the Purple Uniparty, shamefully rejecting in ambiguous procedural grounds all the many merit-filled lawsuits, the false certification of Biden would have been nullified long ago. The election coup and its many components would already have been fully reversed and overturned, and President Trump would perhaps by this time be watching reruns of the post-trial public hangings of the traitors on a restored-to-actual-journalism CNN. Now, that's a very bold article that Scott wrote, but I have to tell you, he makes an excellent case, and I couldn't agree more. Anyway, let me take a break. We're going to try and uh, connect to my son, Derek, and do a little something a little bit lighter because it is that time of the week when we're going to bow out of here for, uh, you know, for the weekend, and we want to at least lighten it up a little bit with some celebrity news. Don't forget, at, at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino, at 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro, at 6 o'clock, WPTV News, and then the weekend begins in earnest. So I still have one segment left. Stay right where you are. So, Derek, you've been spanked. We didn't play your opener because you called late. Oh, boy. That's my punishment? That's your punishment. <laughs> All right. Like fair man. enough. I'll deal with it. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Well, I'm actually, uh, I came home with my Los Angeles cold or something, allergies. I don't know. I can't. I sound like Elmer Fudd. No, don't blame us. You've been gone too long to blame us. <laughs> <laughs> but I always bring a cold home from the airplanes. It's not you. <laughs> Just go ahead. Keep laughing at your mom. Not, not. <laughs> well, that's what I've been doing it for 40 years. Why stop that? That's true. That's true. So what's going on in the world of celebrities? I know Tara, Tyra Banks, is. Uh, she isn't going to be uh, in her ballroom dresses anymore, is she? 
No, this is wild. So she's actually getting in the ice cream game. Um, what? She is no longer hosting Dancing with the Stars, and she wants to pursue basically entrepreneurship. And she, we got her outside of Whole Foods in Santa Monica, and she's got a bunch of bags. So we're asking her about the end of her time on Dancing with the Stars, which she's been on since 2020, which is such a good gig to have a regular gig on a, a massive show like that. But now she's launched something called Mize and Dream Ice Cream. So if you're familiar with uh, Tyra Banks from her America's Next Top Model days, she basically invented the term smizing, which is smiling with your eyes. A very modely term that you right. can just convey a smile with just your eyes. So mm-hmm. she's capitalizing on that and getting in the ice cream game, which, you know, who knows where it'll go. It looks like she's making some good flavors. So you got like basic ingredients, marshmallows, chocolate chips, things like that. But it's a crowded space, man. Ice it cream is. out here is so artisanal and weird. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. And everywhere. I mean, you can walk into any uh, grocery store and, the uh, you know, the days of the only, you know, uh, private stock was Ben and Jerry's is long over. There's gelatos and, and, and soy ice creams and uh, you name oat ice creams now. It's an entire aisle now. I remember when yes. I was a kid and I'm sure it was when you were a kid, there was like, you know, a couple columns of different ice creams. But now it, it occupies so much of the freezer case. I mean, there's way more ice creams than there are. You know, waffles, which is nuts to me. You can the, the variety is crazy. We were pitching on the show the other day. You know, ranch flavored ice cream, macaroni and cheese flavored ice Ew. cream. So it's gotten really exotic and weird. Yeah, I don't want to eat any of those flavors. That sounds. T- I don't even like salted caramel. Salt and ice cream don't go oh, together. Oh boy, you're so traditional. What a boomer. I, I like uh, you know uh, what do they got? my my favorite is still vanilla. I, I like uh, you know French vanilla. That's it. My goodness. It's the most basic. It's basically plain. Vanilla to me is just plain. (laughs) But it's wonderful. You can put anything you want on it, Derek. Let's, you know. That's right. That's right. I like all the chunks, though. You know how I am. Ben and Jerry's just stuff as many cookies into a pint as you can. (laughs) Right. So what else is going on? I mean, obviously, there's been some other big uh, news out there. Well, the biggest uh, story story of the week is Lindsay. Lindsay Lohan is having a kid. I know. That's crazy. You know, working at TMZ... She is basically on the Mount Rushmore of what started this place. You've got Lindsay Lohan News, Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, and maybe Britney Spears as like the four, you know, founding mothers of TMZ. And she's having a baby. And it's just wild to think how she existed in the public consciousness early on. She was out on the scene. She was getting in trouble, DUIs and so forth. And now she's uh, matured, I guess, and having a baby. Does she have like a? I mean, do we know who the baby daddy is? We do, we do. She's 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 uh, you know in a long term uh, you know marriage. Basically, at this point, her husband Badr Shamas, uh, they're having a kid, and you know even her parents, who were also kind of controversial during the yeah. time, they all of their antics, Michael Lohan and Dina, were also very colorful figures. Obviously, uh, a broken marriage there that had its consequences on the kids, but. It's sort of nice. I think I think the thing with Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears to some extent as well is you really root for her, even though she was like out there getting DUIs and so forth. She's got like a legion of fans who remember her fondly from Freaky Friday and Mean Girls and will always root for Lindsay. Yeah, I think you're or, right. Oh, yeah, always root. And, you know, and, and she's never been so nasty and outrageous as some of the other you know, uh, celebrity superstars. Although the news about Britney hasn't been very good lately. I know it's not your favorite subject, but I mean, is she imploding now? They're talking about uh, in- interventions again and stuff. 
doesn't doesn't sound yeah, good. Yeah, it's been a it's been a very rocky road uh, post conservatorship, and you know, in some sense, things stabilized for a period of time with Sam, her husband, who is hopefully uh, filling in the gap for what the conservator was providing. But she does have some eccentric moves on on Instagram, and there have been talks of an intervention because she seems to be off the rails sometimes. But as of now, uh, no intervention. And so we'll have to sort of monitor this and see what happens. But um, it's been quiet for a few days and maybe even a couple weeks at this point. But it's always sort of simmering. Yeah. So you got a new congressional campaign going on, and it's uh, it's Ben Savage. And for those who don't know, he's Fred Savage's younger brother, I guess, and also an actor, right? That's right. And, 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 and to the next generation, the generation just older than me, is a bigger deal than Fred Savage. He was on Boy Meets World. So to right. me, Wonder Years was, was critical. Princess Bride, that was Fred Savage in the, in the 80s and early 90s. Then his brother came along, Ben, and had a huge show on Disney with Boy Meets World and carved out a niche for himself. He's running for Congress now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, getting married. He's going to have like a sort of uh, public-facing persona of a family man. And he does have big name recognition. And this is a path that a lot of celebrities who are no longer necessarily acting um, get into politics sometimes. You know, Gopher, Gopher right. got into politics from the love mm-hmm. boat. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny Bono obviously had a career in politics. So we'll see what happens. I think he has a pretty good shot. He's a pretty sensible guy. Do we know uh, if he's a Democrat or a Republican? Because I haven't been able to find that in any paper. Yeah, my sense is that he is a Democrat, but I am not 100% sure, and I'm not sure he's sort of formally declared, but I would say he's probably left of you. I'd say that's safe to assume. Well, everybody's left of me, but he's... It's California politics after all. And he's it's Adam Schiff's seat Republican. that he's running for, right? That's the right. 30, that's right. The 30th exactly district, right. so that's that's as left as it gets, you know. I, I don't... That's I, right. I mean, if he has any hopes of winning, your politics have to shift a, a bit to the left around here. Yeah, I think. Well, unless you're Kevin McCarthy, but then you got the. Power. That's right. That's right. We have we have the extremes. That's right. And California's yeah. a big state, so there are there are parts that are outside of uh, the Los Angeles districts that are a little bit more uh, conservative. Yeah, there sure are. And then finally, who on earth wants to surf for forty hours? Yeah, this is weird. So this is an ex-pro surfer who is uh, Blake Johnson is his name. I had never heard of him, but he's a former pro surfer. And he just smashes the world's longest surfing session by surfing for 40 hours, <laughs> which is unbelievable amount of time. I mean, that's well over a day. It's going on two days right. of surfing, which is a very, very taxing sport. I mean, I've done it a few times. You live in L.A., you, you try these sports once in a while. You put on a wetsuit and see what it's all about. But it's exhausting after 15 minutes, like right. really exhausting to paddle out and to catch waves and to do that all over again. You're battling currents of the ocean, which are very, very powerful. And you did it for 40 hours. It's nuts. It's crazy. Well, I think you actually, um, you probably don't know her, but we have a cousin who's married to like a championship surfer, my cousin Karen's daughter. I did not know that. No. Yeah, and and he's a professional surfer. I'm gonna have to, you know, get a hold of her on one of these social media platforms and find out, like, if he's planning on breaking the 40-hour record. Uh, well, good does... good luck. You know, we had uh, in the old TMZ days there was Max the surfer. You remember the guy with long right. blonde hair before I got here, or we overlapped a little bit, but in the best shape. I mean, incredible 
Mm-hmm. Like just from surfing. He didn't go to the gym. He wasn't big into weights. If you just surf, you mm-hmm. will look incredible. <laughs> You'll yeah. also have a lot of sun exposure, so they, they all tend to be like very, very dark shades of tan. Mm-hmm. But wow, it's uh, such such a workout out there. I'll let you go after you tell me what was going on with Ben Affleck at the uh, Academy Awards. I mean, he did not look like a happy camper. Yeah, I <laughs> I think he is a happy camper, but he has a hard way of showing it. That's how I that's how I sort of think of Ben Affleck these days because. You know, he's pulled around by one of the brightest stars in Hollywood who loves being in the public light. Right. I mean, J-Lo, they were together before this, and she's always loved the spotlight. She's very comfortable being a celebrity. And I don't sort of shies away from it, but you see him outside of Dunkin' Donuts. He likes playing cards. He likes gambling. He doesn't sort of, like, run towards the paparazzi life and dressing, you know, sort of to the nines all the time. But she's pulling him in that direction, and sometimes he looks like he's being dragged rather than yeah, walking looked- along. But all, all sides point to the very, you know, they just bought a house. So I think things are, are happy for now. He's got a new movie coming out about Nike and Michael Jordan. So things are good oh, really? in the household, I think, for now. And he's got a production company now. Um, oh, yeah, with, with, with Matt Damon. With Matt Damon, right. And yeah, their first big project is this movie that's coming out about the founding of Nike. And, you know, he plays Phil Knight. Mm. Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight, so he's got, like, the beard and that sort of iconic look going on. Um, oh, wow. I'm excited about it. It looks great to me. All right. All right, kid, we'll have a good weekend. The birthday party's finally over. You can relax. And now it's Carter's. Now we got to start planning Carter's for June. Right. So, yeah, but <laughs> we're, taking a, we're taking a brief break before then. All right. Take care. Give my love to everyone. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that uh, pretty much does it for me for this week. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, I'm just going to, like, collapse into a a heap when I get off the air here. Um, My plan is to be back here on Monday, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us. Well, they're tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Surf for 40 hours. I'm going to sleep for 40 hours. Maybe set a world record. See you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.